Hey guys, welcome to Relatable. Happy Monday. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Get you some craft beef and better than organic chicken shipped right to your front door. You get a great deal if you use my link, goodranchers.com slash Allie. So today we are talking about the Freedom Convoy. We're talking about what's going on in Canada, as well as the pushback to vaccine mandates and vaccine passports that is happening around the world. And we're going to talk about some of the countries that are loosening restrictions, presumably in response to the peaceful pushback that we are seeing. Now, of course, you have plenty of critics of the Freedom Convoy that is going on in Canada, as well as the protests that we are seeing universally. And so we're going to talk about some of those criticisms, and we are going to analyze whether or not they are valid. And uh, we're going to talk about, though, the truth behind some of the narratives that you are seeing being pushed in the mainstream media about the uh, racism of this freedom convoy. It's just, it's kind of tiresome and predictable at this point, but we've got to break it down. So we will do that. Now, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, if you have been living under a giant boulder for the past week, maybe you don't know what the freedom convoy is. So let me tell you, it's a convoy of trucks. So not like pickup trucks, but we're talking like 18 wheelers for the most part. It's a convoy of trucks from Canada's West Coast uh, uh, that started driving towards Ottawa, then a convoy from the East Coast that formed to meet the Western convoy in the capital city in protest of the vaccine mandates and the vaccine requirements. Um, there are vaccine requirements to re-enter the country by land, so they are pushing back against that. Now, the vast majority of truckers in Canada are vaccinated. There's only a small percentage who aren't, but I assume that a large portion of this convoy um, is actually made up of truckers who are vaccinated. But in principle, they are pushing back against this for the choice for the freedom of their fellow truckers who don't want to get the vaccine. Now, just a reminder, as the data makes abundantly clear, the vaccine does not stop infection or transmission. But even if it did, these truckers are basically in isolation in their trucks. It doesn't even make any logical sense if you still wanted to push the myth that this vaccine is stopping infection or transmission, which we'll look at the data in just a little bit, once again, uh, proving that. But even if you wanted to make that mythical argument, that it was stopping the virus from reproducing and transmitting to other people, it still would not make sense to require that of truckers in order to get back into the United States or Canada. That's the current requirements because they're by themselves. And so who are they passing? Who are they passing the virus to? But once again, even if they do have the vaccine, that doesn't stop them from transmitting the virus if they are around other people. And just a reminder that our current administration is refusing to deport illegal immigrants who are crossing over the southern border, no matter their vaccine status, as long as they are not committing particularly egregious crimes. So being here as an illegal immigrant who is unvaccinated, maybe even who tests positive, that's not enough to deport you. But being a trucker who is crossing over the border legally but doesn't have vaccine verification, that is enough to keep you out of either the United States or Canada it's pretty crazy. So you can understand why people are pushing back against this. And of course, uh, those who are standing in solidarity with their unvaccinated 
trucker colleagues in Canada are doing so because they don't want their friends, they don't want their peers to lose their job over this. It just doesn't make any sense. And of course, in my opinion, it is deeply unethical and immoral. Like I said, the U.S. has also instituted a vaccine requirement for non-U.S. individuals crossing into the country by land, and this began on January 22nd. So the goal is of this Freedom Convoy in Canada, according to Salon, which is not going to be favorable towards this Freedom Convoy because it's left wing, but they describe it this way. It's a mass protest that will gridlock. Um, it will gridlock the city, the capital, uh, Ottawa, the capital of Canada, until all of the country's vaccine mandates are repealed. Reuters says that it's thousands who are staging peaceful protests in Ottawa against Canada's vaccine mandates. And so they made it to the capital. They are now peacefully protesting. Let me show you some footage of what's going on, what's gone on the past few days as they have been driving through the country. And you've had people in every single city, thousands of people lining the highways uh, with their signs in support of this convoy. And you can see this doesn't have any sound. And so if you're just listening to this, you won't be able to see, but there are rows and rows and, uh, I mean, a line as far as the eye can see of trucks that are headed toward the Capitol. And you just see the thousands of peaceful protesters and supporters on the side raising their signs. As one reporter described it, it's jovial. I mean, these people are happy. They're grateful to be there. And, uh, all of the reports that you are seeing that these are just a bunch of, you know, angry, violent rioters, that's just not true, at least for the vast majority of these people. The people that I've seen interviewed, people of all different races, people of all different religions, all different backgrounds, all different political affiliations, they're there with their families, with young children. Uh, they're happy, they're excited to take uh, this step against the tyranny that is vaccine ma uh, mandates and vaccine passports. And so this is a huge movement, and it really is just incredible to see. Now, let's talk a little bit about the criticism that this convoy has been getting in, um, in regards to who set it up and who is associating with this convoy. Are they white supremacists? We'll talk about all of that in just one second. Let me tell you about our first sponsor for the day, and that is Martha Stewart and Marley Spoon. This is an awesome meal kit service. It really tastes like no other. It delivers fresh and premium pre-portioned ingredients for Martha Stewart's uh, favorite recipes directly to your door from Martha Stewart's favorite recipes. Ships it directly to your door. So it's just one less thing to worry about. If you've got a resolution this year to eat at home more and to eat healthy, but it's just overwhelming to you to meal prep and plan every weekend. As I said on Instagram the other day, I've been saying for like the past five years, every single Saturday that I am going to meal prep. And I think as far as I've ever gotten is like boiling a few eggs one time. And so if you're like me and you've been wanting to take on that endeavor to eat healthier and to plan your meals at the beginning of the week, but you you just, you know, you're not going to do it. You know yourself at this point. Then why don't you go ahead and get Martha Stewart and Marley Spoon? They can make that a lot easier for you. They've got delicious and convenient meals that are designed to be ready in about 30 minutes with minimal cleanup afterward. I mean, the winds just keep on coming. Makes your life so much easier. It's quick. You don't have to clean up a lot. That's amazing, especially if you're a mom. You've got 
about a million toddlers running around and you know how stressful dinner time can be. This makes your life easier. So thanks to Martha Stewart and Marley Spoon, the meal kit that tastes like no other. You've got recipes that are created by Martha Stewart herself. Plus, Relatable listeners can sign up now to take advantage of this exclusive offer, which is $120 off Martha Stewart's favorite recipes. So sign up today with code Allie. That's A-L-L-I-E. Code Allie at MarleySpoon.com. Code Allie to get $120 off. That's MarleySpoon.com. Promo code Allie. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about how this thing got started. So Tamara Lich, I think that's how you pronounce her last name. I've never heard of these people, um, but of course I heard from a lot of people in the media and a lot of people on Instagram that these were very bad people and that they were these white supremacist groups and that's the foundation of this freedom convoy. And of course, this is related to racism somehow. And so we looked into who actually started this. Tamara Litch, she's the secretary of the Maverick Party. It's a Western Canadian separatist party. It's not widely known. Um, she organized the fundraising for the convoy in CBC News, which is Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. Um, they said that, you know, she's a key player behind the convoy. She started the GoFundMe for the truckers, which has, as of last night, raised 8.9 million dollars. And according to the GoFundMe page, the money raised will be dispersed to our truckers to aid them with the cost of the journey. Funds will be spent to help cover the cost of fuel for the truckers. First and foremost, it will also be used to assist with food if needed and contribute to shelter if needed. Um, and some people are saying, oh, it's just a few big donors. This is so uh, this is so orchestrated. This is not some organic event. But actually, if you look at the do- donations, a lot of the donations uh, are just of $50 or $75. Corey B. Morgan on Twitter said the Freedom Convoy for Truckers has raised, this was a few days ago, said $3.2 million. But of course, like I said, it's almost $9 million. And he said um, it was 42000 donations at an average of $75 each. So it really is just a ton of people, just your average people donating what they can. Some people are donating $5, $10. Of course, you've got people that are donating a lot more than that, but you've got tens of thousands of people that are donating pretty small donations. So this idea that it's just big donors coming in with, you know, writing million dollar checks, that is simply not true. Um, Now, This Tamara Lich person, even though she is a part of uh, this party, this Maverick party that most people don't know, it is simply not true that this has some kind of white supremacist, uh, fascist roots that we are hearing about. I don't know this person. I'm sure that I don't agree with all of this person's politics, but she has made pretty clear that she wants to separate the convoy and the peaceful protesters and what she is trying to do from the more problematic people that are showing up at the protest. Because the fact of the matter is, is that apparently there are people who are showing up with Confederate flags, with non Nazi flags, people who are part of far right extremist groups. And unfortunately, you are always going to have crazy, terrible people that are infiltrating good movements. Now, some some people are pointing out on Twitter, are these just feds? Like, are these people who are um, trying to make it seem like this is a problematic protest and that these are all far right extremist Nazis, whatever? I don't know. They could be actual people. They could be undercover feds. I don't know. The fact of the matter is, is that 
at any mass event, you are going to get people that come that are not representative of everyone there or even the majority of people there. There are going to be fringe radicals that show up um, at these movements. Now, we understood this, or some people who are now criticizing the Freedom Convoy understood this when it came to the BLM riots. And actually, there were far more actual extremists um, who were burning down buildings and perpetrating violence and who had the hammer and sickle flags and who were burning Bibles and American flags at the BLM Antifa riots in the United States than there are seemingly um, uh, bad actors at these protests in Canada. And yet we are supposed to characterize the entire freedom convoy as bad and violent and racist. But when it came to the BLM and Antifa riots here in the United States, even though thousands of people were uh, perpetrating violence in the name of a left wing ideology here, you're not you're not supposed to characterize the BLM movement by the literally thousands of them who perpetrated violence. You're only supposed to look at the peaceful protest there. And look, I am fine with not conflating the violent actors in BLM and Antifa with the peaceful protesters who say that they were representing Black Lives Matter. I'm fine with not conflating those two things. Um, but you can't then conflate them when it comes to a protest or a movement that you don't like on the right. Like, let's have a little bit of critical thinking here. And like I said, the person who is kind of credited with starting this whole thing, Tamara Litch, she is really trying to separate what she wants to do with the legitimately bad actors um, and with the people who apparently espouse racist views that are showing up at this protest in Ottawa. So what's happening now? The convoy organizers say that they have enough funds to keep trucks on Parliament Hill uh, for two to four years. CTV reports that Tamara, uh, uh, Tamara, Tamara, I don't know, uh, Litch told a crowd of protesters on Saturday on Parliament Hill in Ottawa, We are not leaving until all of you and all of your kids are free. Now, sweet little Justin Trudeau, um, Justin Blackface Trudeau, he doesn't like this. He doesn't like that this is going on and uh, he is trying to paint this uh, mass demonstration, peaceful demonstration, as just... uh, uh, a group of extremists. And so here is here is Justin Trudeau saying that. The small fringe minority of people who are on their way to Ottawa or who are uh, holding unacceptable uh, views uh, that they're expressing do not represent the views of Canadians So Trudeau actually fled. He fled Canada reportedly, and he is in hiding in the United States. And I'm like, we don't want you here. Get out of here. He's probably with like Harry and Meghan or something like that. He's probably chilling with Gavin Newsom, maskless in California. I don't know if you guys saw that, but Gavin Newsom was at some game over the weekend, maskless. Everyone he who he was with apparently in the picture was maskless. And this is even as many places in Canada still have mask ma- mandates and many places two-year-olds are still having to wear masks in uh, in nurseries, in, in, in daycares. Preschoolers are still having to wear masks in many places. 
And of course, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, is not wearing a mask. But who is honestly, who's surprised at this point? So Justin Trudeau is probably there hanging out with Gavin Newsom, chilling. But I mean, he is literally fleeing his responsibilities. There is a peaceful demonstration there. As far as I know, there haven't been threats of violence. There haven't been threats to hurt Trudeau, as far as I have seen reported anyway. And yet he is literally fleeing a mass peaceful demonstration that is simply trying to hold their government accountable to not be tyrants. And he is running like a scared little boy. Uh, which is not surprising. Like that is who Trudeau is. People who live in Canada know exactly what I'm talking about. He is just not a good leader and has not been for the entirety of his tenure. Now, again, people are echoing, though, Trudeau's talking points. And this is just the new narrative that is being circulated in the media. Uh, Salon says this, quote, reporters and researchers Always, reporters and researchers, very vague. The experts have also pointed out that the convoy movement is inextricably tied to Canadian far-right groups. Now, what makes it inextricably tied? Like, why can't, um, uh, you know, your average Canadian who is against vaccine mandates and who wants to be a part of this movement, why can't they untie themselves from these, quote, far-right groups, including radical neo-Nazi-linked accelerationist networks, according to Salon? Why are they inextricably tied? Because any left-wing movement is easily uh, given permission to extricate themselves from any extremist parts of their group. So why is it inextricably tied? Again, why can't we have just a little bit of common sense to say, okay, yeah, there are unfortunately going to be bad actors that hijack a particular movement, uh, but that doesn't characterize the vast, vast majority of people who are pushing for freedom in Canada. It's inextricably tied because that is more convenient for leftist media. Because if they can paint everything that they don't like, every opposition to their totalitarian efforts as racist, as white supremacist, then they can scare people from being against them. That's what tyrants have always done. They're no different than the tyrants of the 20th century. And the ironic thing is that they are calling people in this convoy fascist, that somehow this is fascism to be against the unfettered growth and power of the government. And they are the good guys. No, guys, you're the bad guys. You're the bad guys. If you are on the side of the totalitarians, of taking people's livelihoods away because they won't get a shot. That, again, doesn't stop infection or transmission. But even if it did, I don't think it should be mandated. If you are on that side, you're the bad guys, okay? I don't even think most people that are calling these people fascists could even tell you what fascism is if they tried. I think they just call everyone a fascist, everyone a racist, everyone a white supremacist that they disagree with. Again, you can say, wow, people flying Nazi flags or people flying Confederate flags or people who are legitimately part of extremist groups, they're really bad. They should be utterly and totally condemned. And it's really unfortunate and reprehensible that they're showing up at these demonstrations and marring what these people are trying to do. You can say that and still say, wow, this is a movement that is fighting for good things. It's pushing for good things. And you know what? We're not going to be bullied or shamed into silence or compliance because we're scared of being associated with with bad people who legitimately are racist. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to bully you into silence and compliance. And at some point, you just have to stop caring about being called a bigot. You just have to stop caring about being called a racist because it doesn't matter what you do. Like you remember, these are the same people uh, that called Winsome Sears 
a, a white supremacist. That is the woman who became the uh, lieutenant governor for Virginia, the first black woman to hold the position in Virginia, who called uh, who called Larry Elder the black face of white supremacy, who call people like Candace Owens a white supremacist. So if they're calling those people who are black, white supremacists, understand that no matter what you do, if you are on the right and a bunch of people on the right are pushing for a particular goal, you are going to be called a fascist. You are going to be called a racist. You're going to be called a white supremacist and a bigot and a Christian nationalist and all of these things. It doesn't matter. So you might as well just double down. Like if you know that what you are advocating for is virtuous and if you are using peaceful and virtuous means to push for the policy positions that you believe in, that you know are good and right and true, then you cannot care what you're being called. You just can't because they are going to try to shout you down. And as soon as you start complying, as soon as you start apologizing, as soon as you start trying to acquiesce to the demands of the bullies on the left, they're just going to keep going. These people are sharks. They smell blood and they attack when they know that you are feeling intimidated. You cannot be intimidated by these people. They're liars and they're crooks. Again, that's not to excuse any bad behavior, any terrible, legitimately, objectively bad ideology that happens to unfortunately associate themselves with the uh, the good people of the Freedom Convoy in Canada. But again, to characterize everyone as that, it is completely dishonest and you cannot back down because of that false narrative. One of the organizers who is legitimately, apparently, uh, far right and who is apparently a white supremacist, never heard of this person. His name is Pat King. And so he is apparently part of this like uh, maverick party. Again, it's just so hard to know what is legitimate and uh, what is true when it comes to the media. But they're trying to link this person with the convoy to, again, make the argument that this is all racist. But look, like I said, I have seen people of every background who are a part of this, who are speaking out in support of this, who don't even know who these people are, who started it. Like, you're telling me that if someone started something and they have maybe a bad ideology, which, again, I don't know if this is true about Tamara Lich. I don't know that much about her, but their goals are good and their means are peaceful, that everyone who is associated with that is then sharing um, or inextricably linked to the people who started it? Is that the case, Planned Parenthood supporters? Is that the case, Antifa supporters? Is that the case, BLM supporters? Because all of those organizations that I just listed have very problematic and I would even argue racist origins in a lot of ways. And yet, uh, everyone on the left seems to justify it because, well, the ends justify the means or, well, we can just detach ourselves from the origins and the problematic, uh, the problematic origins of these organizations because they, you know, support what we what we want, the policy positions that we like. So again, it's just a whole bunch of hypocrisy. And actually, it's it's not really hypocrisy. I've said this before. When it comes to leftist ideology, this is how they operate. Violence is okay if it's um, if it's in service to uh, their goals. And uh, lying is okay. Misinformation is okay. Propaganda is okay. 
uh, government force is okay as long as it is in service to the things that they want. But when it's the other side doing the same thing, well, then it's fascism, then it's a threat to democracy, then it's Christian nationalism. And I don't know if that is hypocrisy as much as it is that duplicitousness is just a principle of leftist ideology and has been for a very long time. Uh, Now, there are some people who are a part of this convoy who are actually speaking out against the bad behavior of some of um, the protesters. This is David Aiken. He is tweeting this. He says uh, that many protesters are upset by what some bad actors who infiltrated have done at the National War Memorial Uh, They have set their own watch around it. There are people who are praying around this war memorial. So people were upset that the war memorial in Canada was being desecrated and was uh, that bad actors were not representative of what the convoy was trying to do. And so now there are other protesters who are trying to protect the National War Memorial against these bad actors. So a Terry Fox a statue was kind of it was dressed up um, at the Capitol and people didn't like that. They saw it as a sign of disrespect. Terry Fox is really like a bipartisan national icon there in Canada. And so good protesters were bad, were mad that bad protesters would disrespect the statue in that way. Um, like I said, some people are saying that those dressed up with the Confederate flags and with the Nazi flags, that they are feds, that they're not people who are actually representative of the Freedom Convoy in general. And then also, like I said, um, there are people who are praying at the tomb of the unknown soldier at the War Memorial. And so it's not all just these bad, violent people who are desecrating um, these national monuments. Now, again, again, I like how they are acting. The media on the left are acting like they care about federal property and care about respecting things like war memorials when we are literally tearing down statues here in the United States, graffitiing statues here in the United States, burning them down, throwing rocks at them, desecrating um, what are seen as very sacred memorials in the United States. And the left here thinks that it's great because it's a left-wing cause. So again, the hypocrisy is just stunning. Um, Ezra Levant, he is a right-wing Canadian journalist. He's a podcast host. He articulated uh, a few days ago that he is nervous about violence potentially breaking out. He said Ottawa is awash in actual dirty tricksters and Tifa thugs who really do get violent, who really are professional activists and violent types. People who riot for hire, people who wore the violent back, uh, who who were the violent backbone to the Black Lives Matter riots. For example, the professional G20 rioters. He says, I'm worried about them coming to pick a fight and that being turned into a spark that the deep state will use to justify their fever dream of an unlawful insurrection that proves we need to crack down on what remaining freedom we even have. That's my worry. And so they're afraid. Canadians, I think, are afraid of Canada saying, oh, this is our January 6th moment. This is our insurrection. And then they use that to then crack down on the freedoms of Canadians even more. And I think that is a legitimate fear. And of course, they don't want violence to break out because as we've seen, this is a peaceful movement. 
that's using peaceful means and the left so badly want to paint it as this violent fascist Nazi movement that, of course, I mean, they are going to be so excited if violence breaks out. And of course, even if it's leftist agitators that start it, they are going to blame this on people on the right. Um, Now, the response to this has been interesting uh saskatchewan's premier like a state governor scott may has vowed to in the vax passport now um my canadian producer tells me that this is not necessarily surprising because saskatchewan is very rural there's a lot of working class people there and so there it's more conservative than other places in canada And so, but this is great. It's still really good news. He says, because the vax is not reducing transmission, the current federal border policy makes no sense. An unvaccinated trucker does not pose any greater risk of transmission than a vaxxed trucker. And that is just scientifically true. Uh, Trump had a rally in Texas over the weekend, and he endorsed the Canadian trucker convoy. He says they are doing more for us than our own government. And so it's been getting a lot of support. Elon Musk You know, he's got a lot of good takes. He tweeted on January 27th, Canadian truckers rule. And by the time I'm, well, uh, yeah, by the time that we screenshot this, it had 427,000 likes. And Elon Musk also said CB radios are free from government and media control. And uh, that's funny. And uh, yeah, so he is in support of this. Brett Weinstein tweeted in support of it. And so did Russell Brand. He talked about uh, why it's good that this uh, Truckers Freedom uh, Convoy is happening. And apparently it's not just happening in Canada. There are also truckers in Australia doing the same thing. And so this is turning into a worldwide movement. Of course, there have been mass peaceful demonstrations for the past couple of years in a variety of countries around the world. Many of you probably haven't heard of them or seen them if you're not on Twitter or you don't regularly listen to this podcast because the mainstream media doesn't want to cover them. Also, it just shows that the tyranny, the threat of tyranny right now comes from the left. As we've said many times, institutions, worldwide institutions, global institutions, national institutions are dominated by left-wing ideology. They are the ones that are pro-censorship, that are pro-using the power of the state to stifle dissent and to stifle peaceful demonstrations. We've seen that in Australia. We've seen that in Canada. We've seen that in France. We've seen that in some ways in the United States. And so, of course, the left-wing media doesn't want to see that because they want to tell you that the threat to democracy really comes from the right even though the opposite is true, at least right now. That's not to say that the right could never be totalitarian if they had power. I'm not saying that the right is, you know, impervious to that. I'm just saying that right now, the threat of tyranny, the threat of totalitarianism comes exclusively almost from the left. And so you're not going to see the peaceful demonstrations that have happened around the world pushing back against the truly tyrannical mandates that have been put in place. Now, thankfully, there are countries that are responding positively to the peaceful pushback. And it really, because it really is the side of science. It's the side of decency. It's the side of liberty. There's just no reason to be on the other side unless you are a power hungry sociopath. And so thankfully, there are, um, 
there are countries that are waking up to this, and we'll talk about that in just one second. First, let me tell you about our second sponsor for the day, and that is Adele Natural Cosmetics. I do not tell you that I use a product on this show unless I really use it. I do not lie to you guys. I'm happy to advertise for a variety of companies that you know I think are wonderful. I do filter all of them just to make sure they're products that I know you guys will really enjoy, but I am not going to say that I use something unless I use it. And I use Adele Natural Cosmetics every single day. I love them as a company. They're a family-owned company out of Texas, and they make completely natural products. Uh, They make facial cleansing uh, regimens, but they also uh, make makeup that I really like. Their mascara is awesome. Their cream blush is awesome. They've got cream eyeshadow that works really well. I love their foundation. I use their foundation often, but the thing that I use most is their face oil to wash my face every night and all of their moisturizers, their hydrating sprays, their masks and exfoliants. I love Adele Natural Cosmetics and I actually don't use. So people ask me, what do you use for your skincare routine? And like I just said, I use Adele Natural Cosmetics, but I actually stopped using soap to wash my face. I never use soap to wash my face. And I remember when I first heard someone talking about just using facial oil to wash their face. I thought it was really weird. I was like, how can you get your face clean? How can you get all your makeup off? And don't you just break out? Wouldn't you, you know, get oily skin and break out? Not for me. I have kind of oily skin, kind of dry skin. I'm somewhere in the middle and it doesn't make me break out at all. And in fact, I feel like I break out less than I did when I used soap. I love their facial oil. It really does get all of my makeup off and it just leaves your skin feeling soft. And so this is my personal and as authentic and sincere and as eager endorsement as possible of Adele Natural Cosmetics. They just have awesome stuff, smells really good too. So go to adelenaturalcosmetics.com, enter promo code Allie, A-L-L-I-E, for 25% off your order. That's adelenaturalcosmetics.com, promo code Allie, adelenaturalcosmetics.com, code Allie. So I saw this Instagram post from Sarah Bessie. Sarah Bessie is a Canadian author. She would describe herself, I think, as a progressive Christian. Now, we talked about a book that I think is called Rhythms of Prayer. We talked about it almost a year ago now because within it, it's a compilation of prayers written by different people. And one of the prayers was called A Prayer to Hate white people. We'll link that. We'll link that episode in the description to this episode so you can go listen to it and just hear some of the quotes from that. So that kind of tells you where Sarah Bessie is going to be. She did this long Instagram post talking about how terrible this Freedom Convoy is and how racist it is and how you can be against vaccine mandates and, uh, you know, not be a part of this terrible Freedom Convoy. And one thing that she said just struck me, again, just talking about the crazy hypocrisy here. Uh, She talked about, you know, the damage that this is doing to property and how this isn't going to do anything positive. And after the convoy leaves, Ottawa is going to have to uh, pick up the pieces of this uh, because of the destruction and the chaos that's going on there. I did. She I, I would just love to know what her stance is and was on the destruction of property that happened in cities throughout the United States that will never recover because of BLM and uh, Antifa rioters that burned down buildings and ransacked stores. 
I would love to hear if she has a consistent position on that. Now, my position is consistent. Like, I actually think the destruction of property and the ruining of communities and looting and arson and violence are bad, whether it's coming from the right or the left. My position is consistent. So let me just be on the record right now and call out both sides, either side who is doing that. I would love to know if Sarah Bessie, who called this fascism, who called this uh, racist and white supremacist, and who bemoaned the reality that Ottawa is going to have to pick up the pieces after this. Like, did she have anything to say about the destruction of property and absolute uh, ruining of cities that then destroyed lives and livelihoods that happened throughout the United States uh, from people who represent her side of the aisle? Did she have anything to say about that? Now, maybe she would say, oh, you know, I don't talk about American politics. I have a hard time. I have a hard time believing that. I really do. Um, but, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe she's just sticking to uh, Canadian protests. And if this happened on the left, she would be speaking out just as fervently about the destruction of property if it were happening on the left side. What happened to riots are the voice of the unheard? When anyone called out uh, the crowds that were stealing best or uh, stealing uh flat screen TVs from Best Buy and handles of vodka from liquor stores and uh, were, like I said, destroying cities and communities and apparently doing so in the name of racial and social justice. Anyone who called that out and said, hey, you know, I'm not against peaceful protests, of course, but let's not violate these communities. Let's not punish the people of these communities who did nothing wrong. That's actually the definition of injustice. Like these riots are bad. The violence is bad. The looting is bad. The arson is bad. There are dozens of people who were murdered because of these riots in the United States. Innocent people murdered. Uh, anyone who called that out, we were just told, well, riots are the voice of the unheard, decontextualizing a Martin Luther King Jr. quote from the 1960s. Well, if riots are the voice of the unheard and they justify everything that happened in the United States, which I think is silly. But if that's the justification, are, are peaceful protests not the voice of the unheard? I don't understand. Can someone break that down for me? Why don't you just admit people on the left, you just don't like freedom. Like you just want the government to tell you what to do and you think compliance is a virtue. Well, a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't agree with you and thank the Lord for that. Thank the Lord that so many brave people throughout history have not believed that compliance with an authoritarian regime is a virtue. I mean, you wouldn't have any of the rights that you do if there weren't people who were on the other side of issues um, than you are and had far more bravery than you do. The Irony here, of course, is that the people who are calling those pushing for freedom fascists are the bootlickers themselves. Like, you are the one who is licking boots. Like, you like tyranny. You like the government telling you what to do, even if it makes no logical or scientific sense. Just admit that about yourself. But I don't want to join your cult. And thousands of other people don't either. So you can criticize, like I said, the people who are actually doing things wrong, who are espousing bad ideology and saying bad things, but realize that the majority of this movement, this global movement that you cannot stop is really just about liberty. And it's about your liberty, too. And so in a few years, when you look back and you realize that you were dead wrong about all of this, we will accept your thanks. Uh, all right.
Let's talk about some of the governments that are doing things correctly. So I know that a lot of people in the UK don't like Boris Johnson because they've seen him as very weak, especially when it comes to all of this uh, COVID policy. But he, uh, like we said last week, they removed restrictions. Um, So mask mandates, vaccine mandates, passports, all of that. But the last to go was uh, the NHS. So their healthcare workers now um, no longer have a vaccine requirement, which is really exciting. And so people are super excited about that in the UK. That's just another restriction that is being lifted. And then in Denmark, this is according to Forbes, they have scrapped COVID restrictions. Quote, Denmark's prime minister, Met Fredriksen, I don't know how to pronounce her first, uh, her, his first name. I don't know. I should have looked that up before reading this. Um, has announced the end of virtually all COVID-19 measures within the country in what she called, I was correct, she called a milestone moment. The removal of restrictions, including requirements for face masks on public transit and the so-called vaccine passport to enter bars, restaurants and museums will apply from February 1st, pending parliamentary approval. Now, here's what's interesting about Denmark. Um, so she credits the vaccine and to the uh, to the compliance of the people of Denmark uh, in taking the vaccine. So she said that is why we get to lift the restrictions because we're doing so well because everyone took took the vaccine. So let's pat each other on the back. And it is true that a large percentage of Denmark has taken the vaccine. 81% of the population has taken two doses. 60% has taken a booster shot. The funny thing is, though, is that Denmark is at their all-time high of cases right now, like by far. So just last month, they said that they were at their toughest stretch of COVID yet. They said that at the at the end of December. And now look at this chart. This is just what comes up if you Google Denmark cases and the data is from Johns Hopkins. If you look at this chart, which we'll put up if you're watching on YouTube, they are at by far the highest cases that they have ever been in Denmark from the beginning of the pandemic to now. Really, they've barely had any cases this whole time, but now they are at the highest that they've ever been. Um, Now, they had basically no cases before they had the vaccine. And before a lot of people had taken the vaccine. But now, like I said, 81% has taken two doses of the vaccine. 60% has taken a booster. And they've got more cases by far than they ever had. Now, you might be saying, well, what's their death rate? Maybe it's telling us that the vaccine is working in that regard. Well, their deaths are not at their highest ever. So I'll give you that. Maybe that's why they've made this decision to ease the restrictions. Uh, They were higher than they are right now in January of 2021 when they peaked. But by peak, I mean like 30 deaths, uh, 30 deaths a day. So they were never really that high, still extremely low. But the deaths now in Denmark are still much higher than they were from February to November of 2021. Uh, according to this data, when the vaccination rate was much lower than it is now. So I understand taking away the vaccination requirement because it's abundantly obvious that the vaccine uh, is not stopping infection or transmission. Uh, This is just one of many countries showing that. Just you can just Google it again. All of this is uh, very accessible, very available data. I don't understand, though, crediting the vaccine for um, as being the reason for easing these restrictions when deaths are almost as high as they've ever been and the cases are much higher 
than they've ever been. Just say that the vaccine doesn't make any sense. So that's why you're easing the restrictions. But to credit the vaccine for that, again, that just doesn't make any sense based on the data that you have. Uh, Norway is coming out and they're saying, I thought this was interesting. Norwegian authorities believe that five to 11 year old children can be better protected against future coronavirus variants if they are infected naturally instead of vaccinated. Vaccination will be an option directed at the most vulnerable, says the major Danish newspaper Politiken. And there have been some other countries that have said the same thing. Sweden decided, according to CTV News, decided against recommending COVID vaccines for kids aged 5 to 12. Um, That's because a lot of countries, unlike our just toxically political United States, are looking at the data and they're saying, wow, it's basically as close to a 0% chance of death or even hospitalization for a kid, for people under the age of 18 is possible, it's honestly probably better for them to get an asymptomatic or a mildly symptomatic case of COVID than it is to give them this vaccine, which honestly, we just don't have enough long-term safety data on to know whether or not it's really going to affect them. That just seems like common sense, right? That just seems like common sense. But unfortunately, in the United States, we don't have a whole lot of common sense. But Good for these countries, good for Denmark, good for Norway, good for Sweden, good for the UK. We'll see what happens here in the United States. Unfortunately, you've still got states like Oregon who are apparently going to make mask mandates permanent under Kate Brown. What? What? That's insane. It's literally the definition of insanity. I mean, you have groups here in the United States like teachers unions, you've got states, you've got Democratic run governors that just won't let this stuff go, just will not let it go because it's about power. It's not about science. So like if you're really worried about fascism, which can be described in some ways as the wedding of corporate power and government power, then you need to be looking at the left wing in this country. I mean, look at the Surgeon General trying to persuade Spotify to take Joe Rogan's podcast off its platform. You want to talk about the threat of fascism? You want to talk about threats to freedom and democracy and free speech? Look no further than this current administration. Like, look at the left-wing governments around the world that are trying to stifle dissent. Even if you think that Joe Rogan is spreading dangerous misinformation, which you're going to have to explain that a little bit better to me. Even if you think that, like if you are on the side of deplatforming Joe Rogan for having unpopular conversations, like you're the baddie. You're on the side of the tyrants. Just open your eyes and realize that maybe you need to just accept that about yourself and say that you like tyranny. Again, just own it about yourself. But you're not on the side of freedom and democracy. Like that is just not even arguable. All right. I got to tell you about our last sponsor for the day, and that is Annie's Kit Club. So in a culture of increasing sources of misinformation, speaking of misinformation, it is now more important than ever for parents to raise inquisitive children, curious children, children who are able to problem solve and think for themselves and not just accept whatever the mainstream tells them. And that actually takes work, that takes practice, that takes exercise. And that is why Annie's Genius Box exists. It is an excellent way to encourage your kids' curiosity while providing fun activities that are as entertaining as they are educational. Each month, your young scientists will get a new box bursting with three hands-on activities to explore an exciting STEM theme like geology, chemistry, aerodynamics, and more. It's perfect for all kids ages 7 to 12. It can empower your kids' imagination and critical thinking skills. The exciting top-secret mission envelope 
in every box. We'll walk them through multiple amazing projects each month. Your kids can design a hovercraft, examine fossils, build robots, and so much more. Introduce your kids to real science research and the incredible value of asking good questions. Go to annieskitclubs.com slash Allie. Save 50% on your first box. That's annieskitclubs.com slash Allie. annieskitclubs.com slash Allie. All right. So I had so much more I wanted to talk about today, but I just didn't get to it because we had so much of this subject that I wanted to talk about. So we've got lots more to cover this week. We've got a lot of good interviews that we are going to be conducting this week that I'm super excited for you to listen to. If you love this podcast, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That would mean so much. Also subscribe on YouTube if you haven't already. Thank you guys. I will see you back here tomorrow. Go Canadian truckers.